706 on your uh, Wednesday evening. Hard to believe it's already here halfway through the week. It's hump day. It's rainy outside. Your phone calls, the lines are wide open. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, employment rights. What are your rights? Severance, all that stuff. It's going to be covered here tonight. And uh, Severance Pay Calculator, we'll tell you about that amazing tool here in just a bit. But we start every show with some look-backs and some cases that have uh, happened in real time across your desk, Lior, with uh, the week that was. That's right, Johnny. Thank you very much. And, you know, we're here to talk about employment law, workplace right. And what's great about our show is that you may be listening and learning things, just thinking, you know what, this is just out of interest. I don't really have a problem. I don't have a need. But you know what? Tomorrow something can change. I have so many people contacting me saying, I've been listening to your show, never thought I would have to call you or, or that I really would need you. But then here's what happened today. My employer changed my job. My, I was let go. They laid me off temporarily. Someone was mistreating me. I got a, a bad performance review. All these things that can happen almost unexpectedly. Uh, and, and you need to know what your rights are. So that's what this show is about. I'm here to educate, to inform, and help. Give us a call. We're here to, until 8 o'clock tonight. And as you said, John, to get us started, let's talk about a couple of uh, situations that I, I've been dealing with over the past couple of days. Uh, that uh, you know, you, you may, If you're listening to us, you may find yourself, unfortunately, at some point in, in a similar situation. Now, the, uh, the first matter I'll tell, uh, tell you about involved a gentleman that had worked for a company for a very, very long time, had been a stellar employee, had moved up the ranks uh, quickly and then been uh, highly regarded, uh, always got raises, always got bonuses, you know, really, really kind of a superstar there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he had the audacity, though, to turn 65. <laughs> and when he turned 65, the question started coming, well, are you planning on retiring? When are you going to retire? How long do you plan on working? Uh, and his answer always was, well, I, I, I'm still healthy, I'm still happy, I'm still enjoying my job, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I don't have any plans to retire, so I'm going to work uh, indefinitely at this point. Uh, and you know, after a while, all of a sudden, things started changing for him. Now, the superstar, the guy that's been always so highly regarded, now all of a sudden got complaints about his performance. Now, all of a sudden, he got a bad performance review, and believe it or not, even was put on a performance improvement plan. And for, again, doing the exact same thing he always did, nothing had changed, uh, and, and he was extremely frustrated by this. I mean, I, he, he's been doing the same things in the sa- same way, always, always highly reviewed and regarded. Now, all of a sudden, he's, he's getting a performance improvement plan and threats of letting you go if, we're not gonna, if you're not going to improve. He called me. And when I spoke to him, it was very clear to me, as I'm sure it is now to our listeners, that what's really going on here is they're trying to push him out. Either they're trying to make him quit or they're trying mm-hmm. to build a case where they can let him go without compensation. It was clear. This was not a situation where the performance reviews were legitimate or that he did anything wrong. So what does that mean? That means that because the company was treating him in this way uh, and not uh, dealing with him in a good faith, uh, legitimate manner, he can treat that as a constructive dismissal. He doesn't have to, to continue working in this type of a situation, especially when it's related clearly to his age. Uh, and he was so relieved because he was so upset. He couldn't see himself continuing to work. He was very relieved to understand that this is a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting him out of there. I'm going to get him severance. Uh, and, and that's something that the employer can't do. It's okay to performance manage someone, but you can't use that as an excuse to try to push someone out. Uh, when clearly that's what they're doing. Beyond that, John, uh, because of the fact that this is tied to his age, no doubt, there's potential human rights issues here. If you're picking on someone because they're of a certain age, that's illegal. That's age discrimination. 
So uh, that's that's really a, an unfortunate situation and an unfortunate end to a very long and successful career. That said, uh, you know he's better off leaving with compensation than enduring this this humiliation that they're putting him through. And that's going to be my job over the next few weeks. You bet. What else? Uh, what else uh, came by? The se- the second situation I'll tell you about very different and, and quite interesting. So this gentleman that that uh, I'm speaking of had been on a disability leave for a long time, John, six years. Uh, six years, serious medical condition. And in the interim, what happened, the company uh, that he was working for closed their Ontario operation and moved their operation out of province. Mm-hmm. Well, after six years, he got better and then finally wanted to try to come back to work. And he contacted the company and said, I want to come back to work. My doctor says I can come back on some modified duties. Tell me what I can do. Uh, so they wrote back saying, sure. We're happy to have you back. Modified duties, not a problem. The only thing, of course, is you're going to have to come work in our offices out of province. He's mm. obviously here in Ontario. And, and that's when he contacted me. And when I said to him, interestingly, this clearly is a constructive dismissal. They, they're now having to put you in a situation where you're going to have to relocate out of this province. You don't have to do that. But what ma- makes it interesting is, hypothetically speaking, this company could have years ago taken the position that the employment has ended, frustration of contract, because he had been gone so long. But because they haven't, because they hadn't do that, because you continue to be an employee, now it's a constructive dismissal. The time, the six years that he spent on a disability leave counts towards his seniority. So all of a sudden now he has all these years of seniority, and even though they could potentially have terminated his employment with minimal severance maybe two, three, five years ago, now it's too late. Now mm-hmm. he's going to get full severance, which for him could be as much as two years' pay. So it's an important lesson to remember that time that you spent on a disability leave, even if it's a long time, months, years, counts towards your service. And which means that if you've not been terminated, it counts towards your service. You have a right to your job back. And if you don't get that job back, that's uh, an entitlement that you have to full severance. Your phone calls, lines are wide open. Give us a call after we take a uh, short break. It is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And Lior off hours as well. That's simple. 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640. I said, this is unfair, and you can't do this until the end of a contract. And then he looks at me and says, well, it's in our power to do what we wish. And then I asked him, well, can I borrow a piece of paper and a pen from your desk? And at this point, he probably thought I was going to resign. On the contrary, I wrote down your phone number and your first name, (laughs) turned it around to him, and I said, I want you to call this gentleman and repeat everything you said to me to him. He looks at me as if I just gave him a death sentence, and he looks at the paper. He puts it out the side. He goes, well, perhaps we should uh, try to pursue other uh, endeavors. Yeah. 716 indeed, Wednesday evening and Monday nights here at 7 o'clock as well. The employment hour on 640, up 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. If you want to contact us, uh, tell us first off the hop here before we get into our uh, topic for the night, and that is the uh, the severance pay calculator. Love this. Yeah, Johnny, thanks. And, and you know, if you lost your job, you need to know how much you're owed. It's very simple. It's, it's an important time. It's a very sensitive time. You don't have a job now because you just lost it, but your bills don't stop. You know, your, your mortgage still is due. Your bills still are due. They don't, you don't get a break on those just because you lost your job. So you may need to make sure you get all the compensation that you're owed from your former employer. Unfortunately, John, the vast majority of people, almost everyone, when they're let go, are not offered proper compensation, proper severance, not even close to it. Mm. So that's why I created the severance calculator. 
It's online. It's available for free. It's severancepaycalculator.com. And you find out exactly how much you're owed so that you're not losing out on money. So you're not compromising your financial well-being. You go to severancepaycalculator.com, input your age, position, and the length of your employment. Find out right there immediately within seconds how much you're owed. And then you know, if you're not offered something that is right, if the severance calculator says you're owed more, you know you need to call me. You know we need to get you what exactly what you're owed. You're not going to be taken for a ride. So make it the very first place you go to if you lost your job. Continuing the list, our discussion of things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but with Leo, Leor Will, I think we left off a week or two ago with this one. You can't, cannot be temporarily laid off. Yeah, John. You know, this this is a, a huge one. This is a big one. This is one that always shocks employees, yep. certainly shocks employers, uh, when they find out that, wait, you actually cannot be laid off temporarily. A temporary layoff, John, is a termination of employment. An employer may often tell you, no, no, we have a right to lay you off temporarily. Well, maybe we'll call you back at some point. And if not, maybe then we'll deal with you. But no, they cannot do that. So, you know, there's a very simple example. If I told you, John, that your employer is going to reduce your pay by 50%, you'd probably know that they can't do that. They can't reduce my pay by 50%. Well, what is a temporary layoff? It's a reduction of your pay of 100%. So clearly, if they can't reduce your pay by 50%, they can't reduce it by 100%. A temporary layoff is a termination. So if you've been laid off temporarily, here's your choice. You can choose to treat that as a termination and leave and get severance, or you can choose to wait and hope that they call you back. That is your absolute right, but you do have a choice. And in many cases, it's better to choose to leave with severance because by choosing to stay, you may have given your employer the right to do this again to you in the future. So very important to understand, temporary layoff, illegal, is a termination if that happens to you, you have to get some legal advice. Uh, just uh, as a matter of fact, one 821 5900 is Lior's number, talking about things that employers can't tell you, or at least they won't tell you about your workplace rights. Yeah, but we will, right up until 8 o'clock tonight. Another one is terms of your employment cannot be changed in a significant way. Yeah, you know, oftentimes employers, usually smaller employers, they may not necessarily have the, the knowledge or the experience, may think, hey, it's my business, I can do whatever I want. I can make the, the, whatever changes I want, and it's up to me, and you can't do anything about it. And, and you know, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. That's wrong. The law says that's wrong. Not me. I don't say that's wrong. It's not, it doesn't matter what I say or what I think. The law says you cannot do that. An employer does not have a right to change the terms of employment in a significant way. So your shift can't be changed. Uh, you can't go from day shifts to, not, to night shifts. Your compensation can't be changed. Uh, they, an employer cannot reduce your compensation, can't uh, change you from salary to hourly. None of that can happen. Those are important terms. They can't relocate you. They can't demote you. If that happens, you then have a right to treat your employment as being terminated. That's a constructive dismissal. Because the employer is effectively disregarding the terms of your employment, you can say, well, wait a second. By doing that, my employment is now terminated. I'm leaving with severance rather than uh, continue to work with these changes. So remember that an employer cannot just do whatever they want. If you're ever in a situation where your employer is imposing a change to the terms of employment that's a significant change, that's a negative change, you have to keep this concept of constructive dismissal in mind and give me a call. 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale is the number. Give us a call. Lines are wide open. We'd love to hear from you. We'll continue our chat as well with the list of things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will. 725 here on the Employment Hour, Monday and Wednesday nights here live on 640. As you know, we continue our conversation of 
list of things your employer won't tell you about workplace rights, but we will after we get to our phone calls. Always top, top priority. Gary, good evening. How are you, pal? Hey, Gary. Yeah, hi. Good. What's going on? Okay. Now I'll explain my situation. I happen to be having a shareholders agreement with a trucking company in which I invested $60,000 at the start of the year. And they promised uh, a salary of $6,000 for my accounting services to them. I happen to be a qualified uh, accountant. Now what happened? For the first eight months, they paid me the money. And all of a sudden, nothing wasn't doing well. Okay. Gary? Services to someone else. You accept only $500 as against $3,000 initially promised. So now I am in a fix because uh, $3,000 was initially given to me for eight months, but for the last two months, they are giving me only $500. Right. Okay. So so they're breaching the agreement that they had with you initially. Yeah, but the shareholders agreement did not specify the salary amount. So it was, it was only... So it was, it was a verbal agreement? It was a verbal, it was a verbal agreement? agreement regarding the salary. Right. So here's the thing. The verbal agreement is just as binding, and it's not going to be difficult to prove the verbal agreement because they paid you in accordance with that agreement for several months. So they can't say no. That w- I got eight months, I got the money. Exactly. So, so that, that doesn't concern me at all. So, yeah, clearly they cannot breach that agreement. They have to pay what the agreement was. So now there may be a question as to whether you're considered an employee or an independent contractor, but certainly for the time that for the last couple of months that you haven't gotten paid the full amount, they owe you for that. And potentially you may even be able to treat that as a termination and get compensation in the future, uh, severance. So I'm going to want to talk to you off air. I can tell you right now here on the radio that, no, they cannot do that. They cannot reduce your pay in this way. But you need to do something about this right away, Gary, because if you continue working, at some point you're going to be considered to have accepted this change, and at that point it may be too late to do something. So right now, Gary, I, I think you should give me a call off air. Let's have a private discussion and figure out exactly how to, how to get you the compensation that you're owed. Gary, that is 1-855-821-5900. Is it uh, Lolita in Scarborough? Hello. Hi, Go ahead. I, I have a question with regards to dividends and some other questions. But um, when you're uh, a shareholder and you're entitled to dividends and then you're cut off all of a sudden, um, everybody else is getting dividends, but you're not getting. What, what do you do in that situation? Well, okay, this is not really an employment issue. It's more of a, of a corporate shareholder issue. Ultimately, a company cannot prefer certain shareholders over others unless that's what the shareholder agreement says. There may be different classes of shareholders. Some may be entitled to dividends, some may not. Uh, ultimately, if you're getting dividends, sorry, you're not getting dividends when you should be because everyone in your class is getting them, then that is that is illegal, and you may you, you will have remedies there as against the corporation. They can't do that. So yeah, I would can I can speak to you off air, and I can connect you with a corporate lawyer that deals with these issues. But we would need to see the shareholder agreement and understand exactly what's happened in, uh, in your situation, Lilita. Does that make sense? Uh, would really appreciate the call after on air. I'm sorry. Yet another question or no? Would really appreciate the call after on air. Um, yes, please. Give me a call off there. The other question, why do we not have these um, uh, educational sessions 
earlier in the day as opposed to the in the night. Well, you know, you know what? I think you should. Uh, I'd love that. We're taking over call, Oakley. Is that what she's trying we, to say? We're bumping staff forty and tell her, you know. And I think our listeners should tell, insist that That's you right. love the employment hour and you want to hear it earlier in the day. And I'd love to do that. And you know, we're going to kick off uh, Stafford and Oakley and all those guys. And it's going to be all the employment hour all the yeah, time. Good, good luck with that one. Got uh, got Joel <laughs> here before we break. Hi, Joel. How are you? Good. What's your uh, What's your question? Uh, if uh, If uh, my parent employer in the U.S. decides to change bonus structure. Would that uh, constitute constructive dismissal? Yeah, it would to the extent that, that it's a significant change. So if, let me give you an example. If bonus is instead of 10%, it's going to be 9.5%, you know, for example, then that's probably not a significant enough change. If they scrap the bonus completely, of course that's a significant change. So it really does depend on how this change is going to impact you from a dollar and cents standpoint. If it's you know, a minor change, a few hundred bucks a year, that's not going to make you happy but it probably doesn't rise all the way to the to constructive dismissal. If it's more of a significant change, it absolutely could be. Do you have a sense as to what kind of changes they're going to implement? Uh, not yet. They just, uh, it's just the, the way that they're going to calculate it apparently is going to be different. Hmm. So the best advice in that situation is if they're going to calculate it in a different way, if you know immediately, once you know what the calculation is, how it's going to impact you, then yes, if it does impact you negatively, we can talk about a constructive dismissal. If you know it's calculated differently, but you don't know how it's going to actually impact you, then it's okay to try it out for a bit, to, to, to work and see how the bonus actually plays out. Is it going to reduce your bonus or not? If it doesn't reduce your bonus, fine. If you find out after a while that, yes, now I am making less money, you can treat, this, treat it as a constructive dismissal at that point. But the bottom line is, Joel, they cannot reduce your compensation, and bonus is obviously an important part of compensation. Yep, makes sense, Lear. Thanks. Thanks, No worries, my friend. We'll uh, take a quick break. Hang on the line. We'll get to you. And for everyone else, it is 416-870-6400-640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up here at Talk Radio, AM 640. 7.34, yeah, your call is 416-870-6400-640 on sale. Get right to it. Lisa, good evening. How are you, Lisa? I'm fine, thank you. How are you today? Excellent. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yes, I do. I've always just been curious about something. I work as a commission sales representative, so every two weeks I get a uh, weekly draw off uh, on my salary, and um, every month I get a bonus. Now, if you've been working as a sales representative for, say, seven years, and your rate and your salary has fluctuated from year to year, sometimes you make more, sometimes you make less. How was they were supposed to let you go? How did they compensate you if yeah. I was, say, let go from the company? Yeah, that's a off? that's a great question, uh, Lisa. And thank you very much for and asking. Another and, aspect too yeah. is that for those seven years I worked as a sales representative, for seven years I worked in the office as a salaried employee. So still, now you're going to 14 years. How do you compensate somebody who's worked for you for so many years, doing two different types of jobs in two different types of salaries? Right. Perfect question. So, so here's the answer. First of all, in terms of calculating your compensation, if you work seven years in the office and se- seven years as a salesperson, you're a 14-year employee. So your severance is going to be based on 14 years of employment. Now, in terms of the dollar amount, it's the, the position that you have most recently, the current position that you have that counts. And because your salary fluctuates, we would look at an average, usually a two- or three-year average. So if, uh, if the average shows us you make, I don't know, $50,000, we're going to use $50,000. And if you're entitled to, let's say, 16-month severance, we would calculate what 16 months is. 
It's simple. It's a yearly average. Three is usually a common number that's used uh, whenever salary fluctuates. We would look at the last, say, three T4s to figure out how much you earn. That is the figure that we would use, and that's how your entitlements are based on, uh, and, and it's quite simple. Does that answer your question, Lisa? Yeah, it does. So they would take the most recent job and take the next last three years to, comp- to determine exactly. how much compensation. But yeah, we just look at you, T4s. Yeah, now, now let me ask you another question, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. What happened if you were a commission-based sales representative, and at one time your draw was at a higher level? And then the company had decided, okay, we're no longer giving you, say, $50,000. We're dropping your, comp, you're dropping your base back here, draw to $30,000. Hmm. How does that work? Like, could they do that? Are they entitled to do that? No, the answer is they can't do that. They don't have a right to do that. That's a significant change. The problem, Lisa, is if this happened a while ago and you weren't happy but you let them do it, now you're considered to have accepted it, so now you can't do anything about it. If this is something they're saying, right now, starting now, we're going to make this change, yes, you absolutely can do something about it, and they're not allowed to. If it happened in the past, you've accepted it. We'll take a uh, another one here. got Todd in Oakville. Good evening. Todd, how are you? Hey, good, good. Uh... Glad to get you guys on the on the on the radio. I'm glad you called uh, in. What's going on? My, my question is: is um, uh, there's a uh, purchase of equipment that uh, the company has issued to uh, the drivers, and uh, there has been um, issues that the drivers have brought to the attention of the, the union and to the employer uh, that there are toxic gases uh, that are escaping a uh, compartment that's inside the uh, cab of the vehicle that we use to pull trailers from one destination to another. And these, uh, these complaints that we've made have gone on deaf ears where, uh, as a solution, um, they've actually locked the uh, container that contains the batteries uh, of the vehicle. And uh, for us not to uh, investigate if there is an issue where we smell something, which we've done in the past, uh, we've basically opened up the lid, which was a quick-release bolt system, and uh, viewed into the uh, container, saw that the battery hoses, the drain uh, hoses were uh, disconnected. And uh, not by us, but just Now, Todd, Todd, let let, let me stop you there, because, you know, we probably don't need to get to the technical aspects of of what's happening there. The solution here is actually simple. If if there's a concern about a danger, about uh, something toxic and, and the work environment being unsafe, you can and you should contact the Ministry of Labor here, uh, the, their Occupational Health and Safety Branch, and report that concern. That could be done anonymously. And what the Ministry of Labor is going to do is it's going to send an inspector in to come look at these issues and determine whether, in fact, the work is unsafe or whether there's any risk to you. If the work is unsafe, if there's a risk, if the Ministry of Labor identifies that, they're going to order the employer to fix it, okay? And immediately, there's no choice about it. So you have to do that. Uh, Again, you can do it anonymously, so the employer is not necessarily going to know who contacted the Ministry of Labor. So I would go online, look up the Occupational Health and Safety branch, contact contact them, and report your concern. Sarah, we'll uh, we'll slide you in here before we take a, a short break. What's your concern? Um, I am about to go on mat leave in about a month and I've been at my workplace for about two and a half years on a three-year contract. Um, so my contract will expire in May when I'm on mat leave. So I was just wondering, like, do they have to give me a job when I get back? Do they have to give me the same position? Should I ask them to give me another contract while I'm on mat leave? Great, great question, Sarah. So here's how it works. 
usually an employer uh, has to take an employee back after mad leave. Your situation is a bit different. You have what we call a fixed term agreement that has an expiration date. That expiration date you said is in a few months down the road. Now, because that agreement expires, they're not letting you go. They're, 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 the agreement expires, so we can't say, well, you're letting me go because I'm on a mad leave. The, the agreement simply ends. They're not legally required to give you another agreement. Now, if they were to refuse to give you another agreement just because you're on a mad leave, that would be illegal, but that would also be very difficult to prove. So the bottom line is, no, they're not required to take you back because you're technically not going to be an employee by the time your mat leave is over because your agreement has expired in the meantime. Nothing's stopping you at all from discussing with them now whether they're willing to enter into a new agreement to start at the end of your mat leave, uh, but they're not required to do so. Uh, and that's assuming, of course, that this is not the, assuming this is the first agreement you signed with the company. If this is the third agreement, the, the, the rule may be different. Was this the first agreement you signed with them? Yeah, it's the first. So should I um, so should I just like not say anything, and then if they don't send me a letter while I'm on mat leave when my when my contract expires, then it's their fault. Like and no, then they're not required to send you a letter simply because the agreement is what the agreement is. It expires on its own. I think you should discuss this with them and find out what their plans for you are for mm -hmm. after the agreement expires. There's no downside to doing that, so you should do that. Uh, but remember that legally speaking, because the agreement is expiring, they don't have to, to give you another one. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. More of your calls coming right up. Give us a call. We have open lines. We'd love to talk to you. 746 here, taking your phone calls. Indeed, love hearing from you. Jeff, good evening. How are you? Hey, Johnny. How are you? What's happening, pal? You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, Lior, my wife just uh, took some medical leave uh, from her company. She's been there for about three years, and um, she they don't have any um, disability premiums through their plan, so she's going to apply for, or she did apply for medical EI, and one of the things they request and require is your uh, record of employment. So her, uh, her company, the people said to her, well, if we give you that, that means you're leaving. Um, and, uh, you know, effectively, you know, not coming back, so to speak, which is not the case. She intends to return to work, but I'm fearing that they're setting her up for some kind of situation when she decides she's ready to go back, which would be about six weeks that maybe they're not going to hmm. want to offer the job to her, or they're going to tell her they have a different job or cut her salary or something like that. Right. So, so Jeff, we, let's deal with this in stages. So the first thing to talk about is, is the current situation where she needs to go on leave. And I agree with you exactly. She, of course, has to apply for EI sickness benefits, and they indeed need a record of employment. Now, the employer does have to issue a record of employment. That has absolutely nothing to do with her leaving. The record of employment simply says that there's an interruption in earnings because of a medical condition. There's a specific code, code D, uh, D is in David that goes on the uh, on the record of employment. Now they this may be an unsophisticated company; they may not realize that. So here's a, a pretty easy way to to show them that. If you go on the Government of Canada uh, a website, uh, the HRSDC Human Resources Development Canada website, there's a whole section there about record of employment and what code to use when. If you can print that off for them and show them that, that will tell them exactly what they need to do in this situation. If that still doesn't work, have me send them a quick three-line note. I promise you that will resolve it. But you probably won't even need that. 
go on the HRSDC website, print out the EI uh, component, and, and, and give that to them. That should hopefully resolve it. Now, your second component of your question was, uh, you know, there's concern as to what happens later when, when maybe she's ready to return. So that's ultimately something we would have to deal with at the time. They, they can't fire her because she took a medical leave of absence. Uh, she does have a right to her job back. Uh, they can't change the terms of her employment. If they do one of those things, any of those things, there's legal recourse and we can deal with it. There could be a constructive dismissal. It could be a human rights matter. So there's definitely recourse. She's protected. The law is actually quite good and quite extensive when it comes to these issues. So for now, I wouldn't worry about that. I would worry about her getting better, getting the EI that she needs, and then let's deal with the return to work if and when she's ready to do that. Uh, and so uh, hopefully that answers the question, Jeff, does it? Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I agree. We'll take one step at a time. So I'll, uh, I'll do your HRSPC, is that what you said? HRSD is in David C. HRSDC. Uh, you can Google that, and, and there's a whole section there that's the Human Resources Development Canada. Uh, and there's a section there dealing with uh, uh, EI. If you can't find it, Call me or shoot me an email, and I'll direct you to the right place. Jeffy, that number is one 821 5900 That's Lior's number, by the way. I just uh, just gave you. Sandra, good evening. How are you? Hey, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Um, do you think there's going to be any assistance for those of us who do temp work through agencies? Because, uh, A, we don't get benefits. B, you know, it's minimum wage generally, um, and I'm in my 50s. I'm Mike Stafford's, uh, you know, uh, greatest generation people. That's right. And 30 years ago, uh, I was a godsend as a temp. Now I'm basically uh, thought of as a parasite, something that's just a little bit underneath a slug. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you lose your job, well, yeah, you know, the issue of record of employment it's a piece of paperwork, whatever. But like our temps, is there ever going to be legislation? Like, why am I doing the same job next to the gal beside me? Her name Paula, and she's in the union shop, and she's earning nine dollars an hour more plus benefits, uh, dental, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm doing my minimum wage gig. And uh, oh, by the way. Oh, uh, Sandra, it's uh, noon. I don't think we need you for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, Sandra, and it is frustrating. There is actually legislation dealing with temp workers. It's in the Employment Standards Act. Now, the thing to remember uh, is that an, an employer is not legally required to pay people more than minimum wage or to hire people by paying them more than minimum wage. If they do pay them more, they can't change it. Uh, there's no legal requirements to pay benefits, those things. But that said, there are protection to temporary employees when it comes to compensation and severance. Just because you're a temp worker, quote-unquote, doesn't mean that you don't get compensation or severance if you lost your job. A lot of people think that that's the case. A lot of employers think that's the case. That's not the case. So you may lose your job center, and you're still entitled to compensation. Now, I can't do anything about them not paying you more than minimum wage or not putting you on their benefits plan. They, they, they Strictly speaking, they don't have to. The law doesn't say to an employer, you have to provide benefits, at least not yet. That could change one day. Uh, so remember that uh, if you do lose your job, 
give me a call. There's no ability to terminate a temp worker without severance. Uh, so keep that in mind. Keep the lines open here. We'll get to more of your calls. Uh, last few minutes of the show, 416-870-6400, star 640. On sale, Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640. Getting down the nitty-gritty in time here, so we'll bounce right over to it. Sean, thanks for hanging in through the break. What's your concern? Well, uh, my situation is I have a certain injury through work, and I've gone to my family doctor, brought it into my employer. They, they have a, their own doctor who disagreed with it, so they sent me to the hospital. The hospital, their doctor, again, has rejected it. I went to a specialist, and finally they agreed to it. But now they came back a year later pretty much asking you to go do it all over again because all of a sudden their doctor doesn't remember what he signed. And the, the issue is we have a certain amount of sick days that we accumulate every year, but there's a, the company kind of saves money. Like that if you don't use your sick days pretty much, they get to buy them off of you at uh, one third of the amount. So what they want to do is force you not to use your sick days by making it as difficult as possible because... Now, Sean, Sean, sorry, let let me cut you off just because we're running out of time here on the show. Uh, Listen, they they can't, first of all, they can't ask you to see another doctor, certainly not the employer. The insurance company might, not the employer. So I don't really care about another doctor. If your doctor is saying you can't work, that's all that matters. There's no other doctor that they have a right to consult with that can agree or disagree so if they're giving you a hard time about you being on a medical leave of absence, you need to call me right away. Okay, that, that's, that's very, very clear. Uh, don't, don't allow that to happen. There's a lot of stuff to talk about here, which unfortunately we don't have time on the show. I really do need to talk to you off air, though. one 855 We will squeeze you in. Mike, how are you? Not too bad. How are you, gentlemen? Quickly, what's going on? Well, as an employer, I'm hiring seasonal workers for the winter work, the snow removal. Mm. Um, what's the, my obligations? Do I have to pay them severance pay when I lay them off in the spring? It's a contract work, seasonal. Uh, which way do I go from, from so that Mike, point? What, what you need to do is you need to have a proper employment agreement with them that makes it clear that you're only working during the season, that you're going to be laid off at the off season. As long as that is in an agreement, then you don't have to pay severance. You can lay them off and then decide to bring them back or not to bring them back at the end of the season. Now, if you can't do that on a handshake, you can't do that with an agreement that's not clear. It has to be a very clear agreement. If you have that, great. If you don't have that, please don't do this without that. Give me a call. I can prepare a very brief uh, agreement for you. So it needs to be in writing. If you have that in writing, you're fine. Mike, you got 30 seconds. Uh, give it to me quickly. Yeah, thirty. You got thirty seconds, Mike. What's your concern? Uh, um, my concern is I was just I'm working for a company that I've been with now for almost two years, mm-hmm. and um, I signed on with an agreement of three weeks vacation after one year. Uh, recently, I've I've gone back to them about it about upcoming accruing vacation time, and they had said that that wasn't in the that that wasn't in the agreement, and that it was worded wrong when whoever made the contract but it's signed off by by the uh, hiring agent um that's like, why i was wondering i need i need to see that agreement if in fact it says that they can't say oh we didn't mean it that's nonsense it doesn't work that way they have to abide by it if they don't abide by it mike let me know i can give them a bit of a kick in the pants if it's in the agreement if they signed it they have to abide by it just like you do right down to the last second brother there we go 
In the meantime, 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of the or help at employmenthour.com. You can always check out severancepaycalculator.com as well. This has been right to the second, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM640.